Welcome to Mastering Life's Adventures, an educational podcast about tapping into your true self, the soul, your soul, the substance of your life, to discover what life's ups and downs are really about, and how to have a greater sense of purpose, peace, joy, and fulfillment. I am Dr. Judith Holder, your host, coach psychologist, fellow seeker who enjoys diving into the connections between spirituality, psychology, wellness, and your everyday life's adventures. All preparing and polishing you like the facets of a magnificent diamond to be your best self. If you're craving more from your life, you are in the right place. Come, let's journey together and transforming what you know into who you really are. Mastering Life's Adventures begins now. Hi, I'm back with a special guest. And we're here to talk on searching in all the wrong places for something more. Mm -hmm. Searching in all the wrong places for something more. And I have Bracca with me, and I'm going to ask her to introduce herself. And then we're going to dive into the subject area. Hi, I'm Bracha Getz, and I'm the author of 41 books that help children's souls to shine. That's what they all have in common. And I'm the author of a memoir about my, my journey to joy, really, in life, how I developed food addictions, how I healed from the food addictions, and how I was able to find joy in life. Excellent. And joy is the motor of life. (laughs) (laughs) And so as we're talking about searching in all the wrong places for something more, um, let's begin talk about what happened. When did you first know that you were in search of something more? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I remember I had a very sweet, loving childhood. When I turned 12, there were hormonal changes, like my body started changing and my mind started changing. It, everything expanded. And I began to wonder, seriously, it began at age 12 about the purpose of life. I would, I would start to think, and I kept it in a diary, so I know exactly what I was thinking. In fact, that's what became my memoir, what I put, what I actually wrote down. So I'm, I'm writing at age 12. We wake up every day to go to work, to make money, to buy food, to go to work, to make. What's it all for? What are we doing this for? I wasn't brought up in a spiritual kind of way. My parents were real sweet people, but there was nothing deeper. I didn't understand what's the purpose of all this. And even my older sister would say, who cares? You know, what's the purpose? And I cared so much. I went searching in so many different ways. Um, Of course, I didn't think my own religion offered any spiritual answers. I went searching in all different religions. I went environmentalism, social action, experimenting with drugs, relationships. You name it, I tried it. And eventually, I actually started doing very well in school. Again, searching for wisdom a desperate search for wisdom. So I ended up against my parents' wishes going to Harvard University because I just started doing very well learning about everything. And um, 
Yeah. So yeah, before you move into that, you, there is something that you said that first and foremost at the age of twelve, you know that the hormones start to release, you start to change, and you're in a different sphere. Now you're looking for something more, and some souls are actually knowing that they're on a quest, and some um, in, individuals are has a sensitivity to them that they know they're searching for something more, they just don't know what. Yes. You know, and they're still trying to live life and do the different things they need to do. But 12 years old is a significant time in, in a child's life and unknown or been known to um, parents because at that 12 years mark, it is now you're moving to a different level. It's like laying the foundation, the first 12. And then the second 12, you're actually laying a foundation of, of kind of connections and wisdom and learning. And that's why you're doing high school and you're, you're involved in college and whatever else. And then the next level you're moving into, how do I love, how do I show appreciation in your twenties? People get married, for example, in their thirties, they get married. It's that love component. And so these cycles of laying the foundation and then moving into wisdom and then moving into love and cycling back through all that is something that happens that we don't know about, but the soul does. Wow. The soul is aware that this is, I need to get more wisdom. Like you said, I need to get more wisdom. You don't know why, but you know it's something that's important to you to help you to move to the next level in yourself. So I know you were going to talk about Harvard. So you can move into that, but do you have any comments about what I just said? I love what you just said. That is so true. I was desperately searching for something. I didn't even, I didn't know what was missing. I had no idea. I didn't know I was a soul. I didn't know I was a spiritual being. So I did not have any idea how to nourish that part of me that was so hungry. Mm-hmm. But, and what I was doing was searching for this wisdom that could, that could fill me up. And it wasn't happening. Because what I didn't mention was that during those years, And this also appears in my diary. I'm gradually developing food addictions. Mm. So during this search, it was a gradual thing. But but I was learning a lot as a teenager that it was so important to be thin. So I went on these diets and I I got thinner and it was like, wow, I became more attractive. It was like really, I saw the reaction right away. But I couldn't keep it up all the time. So when I wasn't having a restrictive diet, I was binging horribly. It was Mm. one or the other. And this increased through my teenage years into being at Harvard. At Harvard, this is so interesting. I actually became an expert on eating disordered behavior. Oh my goodness. Nobody realizing that I, of course, was suffering I have a feeling many people, what they're experts in is something, you know, they're suffering from themselves. But I was doing really groundbreaking research as an undergraduate, which is actually published in in, uh, textbooks that are used in courses around the country about why are some why is are so many females anorexic? Why is this a problem? And I'm 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 myself Mm -hmm. suffering secretly with these mm-hmm. own problems. Oh, an interesting thing that happened in my search at Harvard, um, through my boyfriend, I was invited to this very exclusive garden party with the children of really famous people that everybody knows. 
And at, and I'm like, whoa, I felt like this is it. I have made it um, to the top of the mountain in life. This is, I'm running away from my own heritage and this is where I need to be. This is it. You know, I've made it in life. This is success. And at this party, what I'm, I'm watching all the people, I'm noticing that they too are looking for something more. They're looking beyond who they're talking to for who else can I talk to? You know, they, they are not satisfied. They seem bored in life. And all of a sudden I'm realizing this power, the wealth and the fame, I, I'm getting to see it now. And it's, 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 it's like the illusion is over. They're just regular people and they're not any happier than anybody else. How important that you just said that, you know, to have power, wealth, and to be able to have fame. Okay, those are good things. That's the living in the world. But we think those are the things that are going to give us something more. It's going to give us the it factor, that special factor <laughs> that yes. is going on. And we think, and somehow it will truly fill us up and make us have a sense of completion. But when you get to the top of that mountain of that fame or of that um, wealth or whatever it may be, you realize what else, what else, what else? Yes. Because it didn't quite fill the internal at the level that you thought it was going to give you the sense of satisfaction. Exactly. Exactly. It didn't fill my soul. Exactly. And then God did something so amazing at the party. On this beautiful day in May, suddenly the sky filled up with storm clouds and there was a huge thunderstorm. So the whole garden party got ruined. Everyone starts running for cover. And I got so excited and I said to myself, look at this, all these people, these powerful elite people, they can't stop the rain from coming down. They can't do that. It's like there's something more. I have proof. but. I had no idea what was more. So actually, it was a turning point for me. I knew that what I had been trying to achieve was nothing. There was nothingness there. It wasn't worth striving for, but I was left with nothing. I still didn't know what was worth striving for. So actually, at that turning point, I was no longer trying to reach that type of success, but I I felt a kind of sense of despair because, again, I didn't know what to work on. And the eating disordered behavior got even worse. I graduated from Harvard and I went on to medical school. Here I am studying to be a psychiatrist. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. And getting worse and worse, sicker and sicker myself. So that first year, I would say my behaviors became even more bizarre all done in secret. Nobody knew about it until it reached such a point that it was unbearable. It was taking up all my energy and my intelligence. It was taking up my whole being. As an addiction does, it, it puts you into a smaller and smaller prison, like the walls just close in. So I eventually went to speak to the psychiatrist that was counseling the medical students. I met with him and this is really interesting. He was Japanese and in other words, not from my own cultural background at all. And after I told him what I was experiencing, he said to me, you know, I think what you're missing 
is something spiritual. This is what it was fascinating to me. He said, I think when you explore your own heritage, you may find what you're looking for. It was the strangest thing to have him say that. And it gave me a really peaceful feeling too. Wow. So he was attuned enough to know as he was hearing and listening to your story, what the pieces of the puzzle or pieces of the puzzle was missing for you. And he hankered you into something that you were avoiding, which was your spiritual heritage that you did have for yourself. But even before that, no, actually, I'm going to go to you. You, you said something that's important, and that was it was unbearable. Yes. And that unbearableness, you know, also is the weight that is on the soul. Yes. That, there can be that density of energy that I talked about in one of the podcast um, episodes, that weight that is weighing us down and the yes. soul is struggling and wanting a breath of fresh air, wanting mm. you to not recognize, wanting you to be able to say, what's missing? Can yes. you help me? Can you guide me? It's like this in, you're talking to your inner self. Because our inner self must be the call compels the answer. Um, and so the once we begin to ask the question, ask it out loud, then yes. and ask the universe, show me, guide me, aid me, then we start having things come our way. And yes. you're at some level asking, and that's why you went to the psychiatrist. Yes. Who was not necessarily, you know, a part of this culture, but he was good enough to hear what yes. that missing element was. Yes, exactly. He saw right into my soul. It was an amazing experience beyond all the bizarre behaviors I was describing. And I let everything out, all my secrets, which was also a wonderful feeling to not have them all just stuck inside of me. Like you said, it feels like when you're in active addiction, it feels like these shackles are on you. You are, you're chained. And, and the prison walls, they're made up of your thoughts. That's what's yeah. so interesting. It's we 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 hold the key to get out, but we don't realize that it's incredible. So that is so true. We yeah. we do is through our, our thoughts that we do have that puts one layer of only shackles, but put us in the prison. Then what yes. puts us deeper in the prison is our feelings. Yeah, the shame, the disappointment, shame, the, the fear about what this is going to mean and what other people are going to think about me and what they're going to say, or whatever. So we actually have a double, a double whammy going on yes. between our thoughts and our feelings. And that's what the ego does. The ego, when it's not appropriately in its place, will give you these momentums of energy, say, well, you know, you, you can't share that or you can't say that, or it will tell you, you got to do better than this person. You've got to make sure you are the best of the best of what you're doing, even though you're suffering inside. And yeah. because the ego always wants to be into the limelight, always mm -hmm. wants to be out there and saying, look at me, I'm doing a great job, regardless of what's going on with me privately, but I'm uh, doing a great job. And what uh, actually we're working towards is a greater integration between your inner mm -hmm. self and your outer self to mm -hmm. be able to have some reconciliation to take place. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love how you explain that. That's so clear. It, it, and just think how God led me to this person because it could have been a therapist that was not so keenly aware and could look right into my soul. It was, we're, yes, it's a big blessing. Exactly. Well, 
um, that summer, I had a six-week break between my first and second year of medical school. I went to Israel, my homeland. I, I actually started learning about my own heritage, and it was absolutely transformational for me. I finally found the ancient wisdom that spoke to my soul. It was like a missing puzzle piece. That's what it felt like. It, it was an incredible, like right away, I remember I was sitting in classes and I loved to doodle and draw. And I, would, I, I was listening, but drawing. And I drew a picture of this creature jumping off the world, screaming, yay, that's how it felt. You know, that's exactly how it felt like. Actually, some of the words were in Hebrew. I didn't even understand everything at first, but I got, I got the most important meaning. And, I, and the other students were people like me. They were idealistic people searching for truth. I had, before that, I had like sunk into a world of cynicism and the world had turned gray and morals did not count to me anymore at all. Mm. It was not important. None of it mattered. And here, everything was returning and the world, like the colors returned to the world. That's how it felt. It was incredible. And there was one rabbi in particular that spoke about the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. And it sounds like, what? That sounds hedonistic. Then he would explain the greatest pleasures possible, what we're here for is to experience soul pleasures, to to experience the pleasures that nourish our soul. Those are the lasting and greatest pleasures in life. So it 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 just it got to me right away. That thought, because when you said the greatest pleasure in life is experiencing those soul pleasures. And one of those soul pleasures is the journey, you know, uh, of mastering your life's adventures as you're moving along life's way, but yes. also to that Christic, that Jesus quality or the Buddhist quality or whatever, to reunite with that other aspect of the higher self that the soul is on the journey towards so that you can have a greater sense of true completeness and true wholeness because we start emulating and being more Christ-like more Buddhic-like, more fill-in-the-blank-like that is higher and of the goodness and of the essence, that we're bringing that energy down, we're moving it into the physical, everyday life, and everyday world and how we are interacting. We're being more of those qualities or the pristine qualities that God wants for us and we have within us, but we need to be able to buff them up, you know, and learn from life's experiences through that buffering. Yes, totally. That's it. God blew the breath into us, our souls into us. And that's our essence. That is the energy that makes up our truest selves. So as we reconnect to that part and realize that our bodies are just the covering for our souls, they're they're here for us to interact in this world. Each interaction we have, like you say, it creates challenges for us that helps to elevate our souls. Um, and we're here to experience that, you know, uh, we have just a limited amount of time here on earth to do that, to, to refine our souls through all the experiences we have with our body interacting in this physical world. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And sometimes we do lose sight of that because we go back and circle back around what you're saying about the fame and the fortune and getting the right car and getting the right house. And, and those things have its place, as I said earlier, but it's not the end all and be all. Yes. And that's why single do people do move into what you said before about despair. Or they move into feeling overwhelmed, or they move into feeling anxious, yes. or they move into feeling depressed. Uh, and because there's a, at a soul level, the soul knows there's got to be something more. Yes. And that's why we move into addictions, like you were saying, in terms of eating addictions, or yes. drug addictions, or alcohol addictions, or fetishes, or whatever it may be, that yes. we move in those directions because we're still wanting something more and we're not quite sure. And so it gives us temporary relief. But the key word is temporary. Yes, <laughs> temporary. Temporary relief is not the, what the what the soul is really wanting. Is the it's gotten too marred down by the ego and say, oh, you just do this and just do that and get more of this and you know have the diamond ring and have the uh, the car that you want, Mercedes, you know, Mercedes car that you wanted or whatever, whatever. So this is where we are having to distinguish between who is really me and what is the effect of things that are happening in my world. And am I moving myself on a course of being happier, yes. more content, more at ease, more at peace, knowing that that's not going to be 24-7. Yes. Habits its ups and downs. You're going to learn from it. Right. But we never, I feel with the new understanding that I'm a soul and I need, I need nourishment for the soul throughout each day, just as we need physical nourishment. Mm-hmm. When I... I never run on empty anymore. Ever since I was able to integrate that understanding, there's never that same sense of desperation that I had before. Because now I know how to bring more lasting pleasures into my life. And like you, like you were explaining, the box of cookies or the big container of ice cream or the whole bag of potato chips it never lasts long enough. It, it, it never fills that void because as we're eating it, great, wonderful. I'm stuffing my face with this and I'm feeling the immediate gratification. But when it's finished, when the bag is emptier, I'm emptier than I ever was before. I'm even, the hole is even bigger than it was before I started. So Once I could see that clearly, and once I knew how to fill my soul instead, that's how I was able to heal from the addictions. When we're in an addiction, we are trying desperately to fill it with externalities, but it's not a physical hole, so it can't fill up that way. It is a spiritual hole. Yeah. Tell me more about that and what you found yourself were doing to help to dissolve that hole, to have a greater sense of the wholeness. Yes, exactly. Well, this rabbi who's no longer alive, Rabbi Noah Weinberg, he was a genius that taught based on ancient mystical wisdom that there are five levels to the human soul. And there are five levels of pleasure. These correspond to each other. And what I was thinking about recently is it corresponds to our five fingers because 
we have the power within our hands to bring pleasure into our life at any moment. Spiritual pleasure, real lasting pleasure. Every single person has, has this ability. So I found the five levels of pleasure extremely helpful to me. Even if I ever feel like overeating, I think about them. And this is what helps me to recognize that there is no scarcity of pleasure. There is an abundance of ways to bring pleasure into our lives because that's why we overeat or engage in other addictions. We feel there's a scarcity of pleasure in our lives right this moment. So we get stuck at just putting in the immediate gratification, but there's so many other ways to actually immediately bring pleasure into your life that can last much longer than the bag of potato chips. So the, the lowest level of pleasure are all the natural physical pleasures that God has created for us to experience in this world. Because what God wants is for us to experience the greatest pleasure possible. He put us here to our job is one job. And that is to express gratitude, to enjoy with gratitude all the gifts that have been designed here for us. God, God was everything. God is everything. God's infinite. God, what I learned from the mystical wisdom is that God retracted himself in order to leave room for the other to exist, the finite other, because God's infinite. And so, with that finite other, we can create a relationship. Then, then, then a relationship could be created. Otherwise, infinity can't create relationship. Infinity is everything. So with that relationship, our job in that relationship to give to us joy, we, all we have to do is express gratitude. That is really our role here. So the lowest level are all the natural pleasures, the whole foods, nature, being in nature, enjoying it, exercise, moving our bodies, which are designed to move through gardening, swimming, dancing, yoga, whatever, whatever it brings joy and music, all these natural pleasures. It, it, there's so many, but the lowest level of the soul is the part that's connected to the body. So when we experience joy, all those natural pleasures with our senses, when we experience them with gratitude, it uplifts both our body and our soul. That's, that's what we were meant to be doing here. So that's what changed. And the, the next level up is love. Now, how could love be completely empowering? It seems like it's dependent on someone else. But the love that we're describing here from ancient wisdom is focusing on the virtues of another. And so even in prison, a person could focus on a grandmother that once did a kindness and be filled with this warm emotional feeling that could bring um, encouragement to be a better person. You know, so love is available at any moment without another person being right there with you, you can bring love into your life. And higher than that is meaning, doing something good and positive and meaningful for the world, giving back in gratitude. You see, each level up brings more connection because like you said, the, 
the state of addiction or depression, anxiety, it's, it's a place where you're focused on yourself. Here, you focus on another natural thing, on another being, and on the wider community, you're helping someone. I was on another show where the, the person said that he finished two slices of pizza and he was plowing through the rest of the box of pizza all by himself. His, his neighbor knocks on his door. He needs his help for two minutes. After he helps his neighbor, he doesn't need the rest of the pizza anymore. He puts the rest in the fridge. He's filled up on doing something meaningful. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying about these different levels you know, and the natural level and that connection that we do have. And then you're moving us to understand the, the, the power of just not gratitude, but, but love. But it's not love in a kind of in a relationship love, but it's kind of a love and expansion way. And this is what the soul needs. It needs to be loved as it is and as it's growing. Yes, yes. <laughs> and to evolving, you know, as well. And then also that meaningfulness. And I think this is the piece that sometimes people don't realize the soul does have meaning. The soul knows that it's on a quest to move forward, yes. to unite with his highest and glorious aspects of the Christic light or the Buddhic light um, in order to be able to have that sense that, okay, like the wedding between something higher than yourself, this wedding that goes on. And what you're really making mention of is if we don't have meaning, then we flounder. Yes, and in the process of floundering, we go back into trying to think about, well, is this going to give it something to me? Or this is yes. going to give me meaning, or that's going to give me meaning. There is an innate wisdom that you're talking about, these wisdom teachings that, you know, gives you an understanding of what meaning really means. And what yeah. I would like to do, Braca, is to have a part two and move on and talk about the other levels as we're moving up uh, with our seekers, because I think this is meaningful. And then moving into part two, talking about meaning will be very helpful to them to understand how this evolves and how we get a greater sense of wholeness and completeness through what you're talking about in terms of these wisdom teachings. Does Beautiful. that sound good for you? That's great. Beautiful. Thank you. So is there a comment that you would like to make, you know, as we end this segment and move into our part two? Yeah. Those three levels are the most common levels that we, we spend most of our time in on this earth. And the two higher levels that uh, I want to explain about are, are more rare moments in life, but, but we get glimpses of them in this world. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. And if the seekers want to kind of reach out to you to get further information, how could they reach out to you? Oh, my children have created a beautiful website with all my books and lots of great stuff. It also contains, you can um, get from, download a free copy of The Pleasure Ladder, of what I'm describing right now in more detail. And um, it's something you might want to put on your fridge or your cabinet to help you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this has been a, a really helpful conversation that we've been having. And looking at this whole issue, and we're moving more deeply into, is searching in all the wrong places for something more. And what we're talking about in this part two is what that more is and how essential and how it is important to in, in your everyday living and everything that you do and every way in which you live to be, have a more wholeness, a greater sense of balance and completeness and a greater sense of pleasure and enjoyment in being who you really are. 
which is being your best self each and every day. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode on Mastering Life's Adventures, being your best self through soul evolution. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I would be delighted if you would share this episode with others. Leave a thumbs up and subscribe to my Mastering Life's Adventures podcast. Look forward to your joining the next episode. Please leave any comments or suggestions you might have below. Bye for now.